Welcome back, sweet seats, to Wednesday Women Wisdoms on the Motivation Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Vasilakes. Please stay tuned, I have an announcement to make. This segment will actually be transforming into its own podcast entitled My Sister Wisdom. Don't worry, the content will be basically the same amazingness you've always gotten and more. So thank you for your support, and I want to extend my gratitude toward all of you, my dear friends, fans, patrons, and listeners. Know that you are so loved and so deeply appreciated. If you like this podcast, please download, subscribe, and share, as well as hype me up with a new name to come at the end of November. For now, you can visit motivation.com for more links and to donate to the expansion of this podcast as 25% of your donation goes to help animals in need. Before we get started, take a moment to learn how I started this podcast. Hi, Sweet Seeds. Thanks so much for taking a moment to listen to how I started this podcast because it's been so much fun. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I highly recommend you check out Anchor. It's free. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. This means all your friends get to support you. Anchor really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you're ready, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now back to the episode. Our super special guest today is Patty Garland. She's a women's weight loss coach with a certificate in nutrition, weight loss coaching, and circuit training from the Cooper Institute. She's a licensed massage therapist, a graduate of the Connecticut Center for Massage Therapy, and an AADP certified holistic health coach, a graduate of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And she's the founder of Healthy Methods Wellness. Today, Patty is here to talk to us about menopause, and guess what? We're going to talk about menstruation too. This episode is absolutely fantastic. You are going to hear so much wisdom on living our lives in honor of our cycles. Yes, that means no need to complain. I mean it, no need to complain. This means we get to choose to take on a bit more responsibility for what we are experiencing. And I encourage you to choose an open heart and mind, at least for today. As Patty lets us know, the other side is so good. Guess what? You can get there today by attending to and taking care of your body even better than before. Together, let's honor the flow and cycle of our lives in love, appreciation, and gratitude. If we can, you can. Let's get started. Hi, Patty. Thank you so much for joining me today. For Hi. I'm delighted to be here. So happy to have you here. This is going to be such a fun conversation for me because, of course, we are much different ages, so we've had much different experiences, and I love learning from women who have so much more wisdom than me um, because I feel a little bit lost, and I don't want to feel lost in my future. So thank you so much for opening up that portal and sharing your wisdom with us today. Um, my pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about your life? Like what, what was your life like when you were 25 and how did you feel about yourself? Oh my goodness. Um, 25. I was having a blast. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, um, I felt great about myself. I truly, I truly did. Um, I, I, I was a very different person than I am now. Um, at 25, I, um, I would say I was a little wild and crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I was having, uh, I worked in corporate America. I loved what I did. Although, you know, I have to say, I don't think I've ever had a job that I haven't loved. I loved what I did. I was moving up in um, corporate America and um, I loved my friends and we were all having a really good time. Yeah. That sounds like most of us at 25, because that's how I yeah. feel, but you know, even some of us, we've struggled with certain things in our life. Was there anything in, in your early life that kind of, maybe not about your own personal body image, but that really got you kind of prepared, especially looking back now that got you prepared for the work that you do now? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. All right. So um, when I was very young, my father was very sick. He got very sick, lost a lot of weight and was diagnosed with colitis and he was self-employed. So for him to be very sick also meant that it created financial difficulties. Yeah. Anyway, I watched my dad um, heal himself. He went to a naturopathic doctor. Um, he healed himself with 
food, blended food and supplements and exercise and learn to relax. And he came out the other side, a whole different man. Wow. Um, so he was just so different. He was very positive and um, that was that was a big influence on me. Plus his mother and her mother, so my great grandmother, mm-hmm. were also very into um, healing themselves and taking care of themselves naturally. They both lived to be well into their 90s. Um, my father lived to be almost 90. Wow. Um, so yeah, um, so that's what I saw. But then when I was a little girl, I was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. I had chronic um, tonsillitis, couldn't get rid of it. And so I kind of took a lot of antibiotics and, um, and, and that really, that took its toll on me in my, in my late teens, twenties and thirties. Yeah. I actually, I actually have like kind of a similar experience because I had, I didn't have tonsil. It wasn't my tonsils, but it was my ears. So I took a lot of antibiotics when I was young, like a little kid. I don't even remember it, but then growing up, I would get lots of illnesses that related to me needing more antibiotics. And it just kind of brought me into this spiral of, I keep getting sick because of these medications. I'm building up this resistance. So yeah, that's one one of the ways that I've also helped myself learn how to heal myself. Keep going though. That's very interesting. So um, the interesting thing is I found fitness before I really found true healthy eating. Um, And the fitness industry Um, I thought everything I did was this amazing, healthy lifestyle. Um, When in fact, that was a lot of what the problem was, some of the foods that I was eating. Um, So I ended up, um, I was in my 40s. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like what exactly that looks like? Because I, I kind of started in the fitness realm too, and I didn't really think about too much about what I was eating. Can you tell us a little bit about what some of the things that you were eating that you would not recommend now? Sure, sure. One of the big things was powdered protein drinks and, um, you know, uh, protein bars and yogurt and, um, you know, just all of these diet foods. How about the, I mean, I was in the fitness industry for 30 years. So the low fat craze, the no fat craze, uh, all of these different types of diets that I thought, you know, I was, I was living a healthy lifestyle, you know, um, and over exercising. Mm-hmm. I definitely over exercised my entire life till I turned 60. Yeah, um, that's, that's something that's interesting to me because I feel on the opposite spectrum of that. I under exercise, but when I would be like, oh my gosh, I need to go exercise. Girl, I would be there for like four hours every day for a few months. And then I would just completely stop. So I, I can feel that like energy of once you're in it, like you just want to keep going and you think that, you know, overworking yourself is going to actually be beneficial. So that, that's not, is that a beneficial or is that harmful? Um, well, you know, it's every, every human being is different. Mm-hmm. For me, it was harmful. You know, for me, it, it definitely, uh, I was already, um, just say I was already a, a, a very uh, overachiever. And so um, that pushed me. And so exercising, putting, you know, uh, transferring that over into exercise made it that much worse. And I was just, uh, by the time I hit 40, I was really pretty internally exhausted mm-hmm. without knowing that I was exhausted because I have a high energy level. I'll always have a high energy level. Um, but I kind of like just plowed through that, you know. Um, so I pretty much crashed um, at 40 and then re-crashed again at, men- at menopause. Um, so at 40, I crashed and I went to a functional medicine doctor. And I mean, I just like I wasn't sleeping. And my, I, I, it was my digestion. I just couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Um, and, and very, and I ended up with pneumonia and I was like, oh my goodness, what's, I am, <laughs> I'm, I'm a wellness professional. This should not be happening. Right. So anyway, the functional medicine doctor was amazing and an amazing experience, uh, being a patient of a functional medicine doctor, because it's a whole different perspective. And it was, was just what I needed. 
and within four months I was healed. And she, I remember walking into her office that not knowing I was going to be discharged. And she said, you look great. You don't need me anymore. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I know. That wow. was so what is a functional medicine doctor or functional? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Okay. So a functional medicine doctor looks at medicine from a perspective of, um, what can you do? How can, what changes can you make in your life to heal yourself? So this doctor that I went to was also a, a, med- a medical doctor. So if I needed a prescription medication, medication, she could give me a prescription medication. But most prescription medications are designed to help you with symptoms. Yeah. Not necessarily to get to the root cause of what's going on and then to heal that. And with her and with me, the root cause of my problem was my gut microbiome from all those years um, when I was on antibiotics. And so with making lifestyle changes and making major changes in how I ate um, uh, and taking some supplements, um, but only for a short period of time, uh, made a huge difference very quickly. And what was even better, you know, I mean, when I when I went to see her, I was no longer, um, uh, I no longer had uh, pneumonia, but I was exhausted. I was absolutely exhausted. See, I wasn't assimilating any of my nutrients because I was eating nutrients that were bad for me, mm-hmm. the wrong types of foods for me. Um, so anyway, it was pretty amazing. It was an amazing experience. She was a wonderful doctor. And um so I'm, I'm grateful that I ever did that. But then, um, you know, 15 years goes by and menopause begins to hit. And my amped up personality really, really is what caused my menopause to be so dysregulated. That's what I call it. It was very dysregulated. And now that I know, I could see, I can go back and see that certainly my monthly periods they were, I always had terrible cramps. I was always hormonally imbalanced. And it was all because of this kind of type A personality that I have that, I, you know, I just was, I was totally out of balance. My hormones were out of balance because my lifestyle was out of balance. Wow, that's so powerful. Like being right. someone who also had that. And my mother also, when I remember the first time we ever talked about um, what it was like to have a period. She told me that she got really bad cramps and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. That's you. I'm not concerned. Um, I didn't really relate to her in that way. I was like, whatever, this is going to be fine. But then it was so bad and it still is like, I actually was on birth control for from 16 to 24 with a little break in between, but all that time, I did not have a regular period. All that time, most of that time, I didn't even have a period. It was just like random. And, but I had, I didn't feel anything hormonal. I didn't feel anything physical. So I was like, fine, I'll just put hormones in my body. And, you know, growing up, I realized from learning from people who have more experience than me that it, that birth control, especially hormonal birth control is very damaging to your body and, I didn't think about how it would affect affect me going into menopause, but I, I was just concerned about it. And so I, I knew that I didn't want to keep being on birth control anymore. So I've had to find ways to be, you know, not only protect myself, but also manage those symptoms. And uh, it's gotten a little bit better for sure, which is also like one of the things that I take is uh, a supplement, an herb. And that herb, it really regulates the, the cycle which now I'm very regular, meaning I get it at the same time. I'm not like over under by a week, like I used to be, but it still has, you know, work to do. I still have to kind of assimilate to it, but it's very like, I'm so happy to hear that regulating your menstrual cycle, of course, now I'm thinking about it would help you regulate your menopause experience in the future. Absolutely. And that's huge. I mean, this conversation, I don't think is just for people who are experiencing menopause now, but for any woman, because we're all going to go through it. So sure. That's very interesting. Thank you for helping me make that connection. 
So Shannon, I just would like to talk a little bit about that if you don't mind, yeah, okay? Please. Because it's very significant to um, to this conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, so often women are not um, taught to embrace that part of our womanhood, that monthly experience and nurture ourselves so that we, um, we're proud of it and we feel good about it and that we take that hot water bottle and do what we need to do. Mm -hmm. Instead, what we do is we just put blinders on and just kind of make believe it doesn't happen and you know, give ourselves Tylenol and whatever else we need to and get sugary through it. foods and all Correct. this junk food and we're just, right. oh, I'm so angry. Oh, yes. So and unbalanced and it's become the norm. It's become almost like you need to accept me because I'm going through all this shit and I have, it's like now become an excuse. And I'm not saying that women who have bad periods, like it's not real. It's totally real. I am that person, but it's, it's also like, we don't have to go through that. So keep going. Yeah. Had I known, um, you know, what I know now, not just about hormone balance, but about lifestyle and what a, what a big, I, I, although I also wondered, I think back to when I was 25, I don't know if somebody would have been able to convince me um, to, you know, to make the changes that I really should have made. Um, but it, but had I known then that what I was experiencing with these, you know, really big peaks and valleys of, horm of, uh, of moods, mm. um, that was, that was such an indication that my life was out of balance. Not that, yes, of course, my hormones were out of balance. They were out of balance because my life was out of balance. Mm. And, um, and that's what I learned in perimenopause as I approached menopause, that I was experiencing a difficult dysregulated menopause because my life was out of balance. Um, and so that was, that, that was the turning point for me. You know, when I, I, real, I, I said, I don't want this. this is, I'm only 50 years old. That's how I looked at it. You know, my father lived to be 90. My grandparent, my grandmother lived to be in her 90s. I had a lot of years in front of me and this was, that was not the way I wanted to spend the rest of them. Um, so, you know, comes a point in your life where you realize that the time in front of you is probably a little bit shorter than the time behind you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that time in front of you is really important. And so that's what happened for me. And um, so that was part of the reason why I made, I made the changes for myself and said, you know, I want to change this narrative for when I found out, the, and it wasn't hard to do, no, maybe I, but I was also probably ready. But in any case, when I found out the changes that I need to, needed to make for myself, my God, I started sleeping. Oh, that was, yes, that was like the best thing in the whole world. I started sleeping and my mind stopped racing. And I think I'm, I think I became a nicer person. I like myself better. So I would imagine other people like me better. <laughs> um, yeah. So I wish I had, uh, that wisdom at a younger age but I really want to change the narrative for women to about about being a woman you know and about getting our periods and about going through menopause and and all of that it's all beautiful you know it's not just having the baby that's beautiful it's it's all all of it is what makes us beautiful it should not be dreaded you know it's not the curse and menopause doesn't have to be awful and you don't have to gain a lot of weight um, if you, and you just have to make changes. But goodness, from the day you got your period, you've been learning how to make changes, right? I mean, you know, and we're not like men where it's the same all the time, although I wonder about that, you know, things do change for us every single month. Um, and so if we could embrace that with a little bit more, um, you know, love for ourselves. I think that would make a big difference rather than just trying to ignore it, thinking of it as a curse, um, thinking of it as pain, um, maybe embrace it as it is a celebration of our femininity. Amen to that. I love it. That's, that hits it right. The nail right on the head. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that I saw on your website and your story, I loved your story, by the way. So interesting. You. you already touched on so much of it. Um, one of the things you said, though, was that 
you said, and I quote, I refused to be a woman who just suffered through menopause. That is, that one struck me because I, of course I, I have a mother. So I witnessed her in the, I didn't really, hers was, didn't seem that bad to me, but I, I mean, I don't know what her experience was like, but I did. One of the things that I really was terrified of was hot flashes because even when it would be cold, we're from Minnesota, even when it'd be cold, she would be sweating and she would never be like that. So I was like, oh my goodness, I don't want to go through that. Like I hate being hot. I would get so irritated if that was my situation, but I did ignore it. And I have been ignoring it, honestly, even until this conversation, menopause, it seems so far away from me that I'm like, oh, I don't need to think about that. But it starts now. It starts with regulating myself now. And a lot of the people that I see, especially in my generation, I can really only speak for my generation. Everybody, all these girls are just so, it's almost like they're prideful in how painful or how horrible they feel during their periods. And I think now that you put it into perspective, when I was on birth control, I was still having those high peaks and low lows. And it, it made me think now that even when I was regulating the physical symptoms of the period, I was still experiencing the emotional ones. And I had to learn how to manage that because I am, I don't like being that emotional. I'm already a very emotional person. So I had to really kind of learn to regulate that. And now that I'm not on birth control, it is so much more intense. It's very, the highs are really high. And then the next moment it could be like, oh my gosh, the world is ending, but nothing happens. It's just my experience of how I'm seeing things and feeling things. And I'm not, if I don't take care of myself, like drinking cacao, if I'm not taking care of myself by getting the proper minerals, if I'm not taking care of myself by ingesting the proper things, I'm just, you know, eating Cheetos and milk chocolate and not, not that you shouldn't eat either of those, but if that's all I'm eating while I'm on my cycle, then that's kind of how I'm going to feel. I'm going to feel the effects of that. And I'm going to start feeling like I'm entitled to being angry. I'm entitled to being this irritable person. I'm entitled to being someone that I don't really like. And though I'm not, you know, that sensitive, like I was. So I kind of can see how if, if I ignore that and I just shove it down, it's going to come back and bite me in the butt. And I think it's really important that girls my age, women my age and younger start to realize that we are not a victim of our cycle. We are actually not in control, but we actually have the ability to work with it and the ability to kind of harmonize with it and make it a part of our lives instead of, like you said, dreading that moment or looking, oh my gosh, I must be PMSing. Thinking about how we can actually move out of that, oh, this is terrible, and into, okay, this is not so bad, and okay, this is, this is okay, I can handle this, into, wow, this is so beautiful, I feel so honored, and I feel so nourished, and I feel so nurtured, and that really it sets the stage for what's to come it sets the stage for the future so for you to say that you don't want to just suffer through menopause i don't want to i refuse to be a woman who suffers through menstruation because it's it's that seems to be the norm and i just i agree with you i don't think that that is actually right i think it's largely due to influence from our environment on you should eat this and you should eat that and this is what everyone else is doing so what um what, what do you feel about like healing yourself as far as, you know, your father healed himself and you watched that. And it even said, you know, there was, your father had a belief that every part of his body was there for a reason. And if it could be saved, it should be. So our menstrual cycle is a part of our body. It's a part of our lives. So how can we save that in a way that doesn't make us feel like we're sacrificing something? Doesn't make us feel like we're sacrificing this time of our lives. How, how do you, from your perspective, how do you think we can kind of more or less embody that feminine part of us that has to experience it? Well, you know, I, I think about that a lot. And I think um, if, if I had had children and know what I know today, the first, and one of my children um, was a female, the first thing I would do is really, really um, 
talk to her about how wonderful it is to be a woman and change that mindset. I think a lot of it, and this, and I teach this in, in my coaching, um, I think a lot of it is our, we have a, um, a mindset around getting our periods and around the fluctuations that go with it and the feelings that go with it, that it's all bad. And it's not bad, it's who we are. And yes, there are definitely things that we can do as far as food and, and things to support ourselves so that the fluctuations are not as intense so that we are more in balance. But if we have the right mindset about it, that being a woman is wonderful and we are, we're, we're very, I mean, we're very special because without us, the world would end. Period. <laughs> really, you know? Um, so uh, we, and, it, I, and I would want to tell her how wonderful it was that she got her period rather than, oh, another one, you got, I got the curse, you know, I mean, <sighs> that just frustrates me so much. Oh, you so how how lucky you are to get your period, you know, and um, and explain to her about having babies and how wonderful it is, rather than just not explaining it as well as as people do as it should be explained as being a really wonderful part of being a woman. Um, and then as we go on and how that changes, I will tell you so that this can be shared with all women, all right? The ebbs and flows, the ups and downs of our hormones, once we get on the other side, it's gone. Ooh. Yeah, hallelujah, huh? That's something to look forward to. It's gone. Yeah. It's right. It's pretty, it, it's so. It is the other side is not awful. The other side's pretty spectacular. <laughs> so, but in the meantime, we need to give ourselves a hot water bottle when we need a hot water bottle. We need to, uh, you know, I wish our culture allowed women to be women when they don't feel well because of their period. Like we have to fake it. Um, that just annoys me. Um, with now, there's plenty of things that we can do so that. Our periods may not be as uh, intense as they are, but, and it's all about finding the right balance in your life and certainly eating the right foods and having the right mindset. You know, we, um, our default mindset is where our brain goes. I know that the thoughts um, that, oh, I've got cramps, Ugh. you know, um, that's our default mindset instead of thinking, oh, I'm getting my period, aren't I special? Like, yeah. yeah, that's huge. Cause for me, the cramps was the worst part. I can handle the emotions. I already am emotional, like I said. So that's like, whatever. But the cramps were so bad that sometimes I couldn't even stand up and I, I couldn't even go get myself a water bottle. And, you know, I'm lucky that I had a mom who had the same experience. So she kind of knew like, hey, there's weight, there's things you can do to help. But of course she was still limited by, the western medicine and that's what she Absolutely. was taught so that's what she knew so that's what she told me because she can't teach me things that she doesn't know and i'm so grateful because had i not been on uh birth control that whole time i can't i can't imagine how different i would be i would be that person that would just be so upset because when i'm in pain i get angry I don't cower. I'm, I get angry. So, and of course, because you're kind of raising, I think your testosterone is, goes up a little bit during that time. So you get more aggressive and you can be more irritable. And in that time, you know, I think, and for, because I do have some men that listen to this as well. I think it's important to know that like, we're not, it's nothing personal. It's nothing personal to them if we're irritable yeah. and we're on our period. You don't need to say, oh, you must be on that time of the month. No, 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 no we're experiencing the hormone that you always show us. They're always testosterone filled. So on the moments where we are a little bit more of that, it's, it's a time for them to say, okay, wow, this is kind of how I am. Maybe I should kind of lay back a little bit and be a little bit more of that yin energy to her yang and allow the space for that instead of chalking it up to some, oh, it's that time of the month and making us almost feel like we're a burden because we're experiencing something. Another I totally thing. agree. And Another that's thing. the narrative that needs to be changed mm -hmm. for both men and women, that this is, this, is, this is part of 
who we are, how we're different, and how our bodies are different. And it's what what makes us tick. You know, our hormones are what make us tick. Embrace that. Um, and I think men need to hear that. They, they could change their narrative a little bit too. Yeah. Just develop a little bit more compassion. Because um, I don't think they could handle it. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. Another thing about the cramps that I've learned, and no one taught me this. I just had to learn after getting off birth control was like, when I get the cramps, I haven't really thought, oh, I'm so special. It's more or less like I can, I know what's happening biologically. And as weird as that might sound, I can imagine it. And so I think that's cool. I guess now I'm thinking about it. It's, it is beautiful, but I always thought it was cool to be able to like sense what's happening. Oh, I can, I know that I'm shedding and I'm cramping. So it's not just this dis functional thing that's happening it's not just some random symptom it's the actual process that I'm feeling so when I'm when I'm cramping and I can feel that it actually going through that in my mind actually allows me to relax and it allows the process to happen and I notice that the cramps are a lot less painful because I'm not tense I'm not like oh no I have cramps I just breathe and I just relax and I just imagine what's happening and I just let it to happen and I allow it to be part of me and it's that even alone like you said the mindset has totally transformed that process. So that's wonderful. That is wonderful. That's great. I think it's also important to always have that visual of knowing what's going on in our body, being someone who's studied a lot of anatomy and a lot of human body systems. It's, it's very important to heal ourselves through our visualization because our brains are really telling our bodies how to work with what's happening. So our brain communicates to all our little cells, all our little cells do whatever we tell it to do. So if our cells are like, oh, this subconscious part of the brain tells me that's now time to go through a period or have menopause, our, our brain is responding to that subconsciously. So we feel it and then we respond to you know that feeling. Oh, I have cramps or, oh, I'm so hot all of a sudden for no reason, what's going on? So those things is like, if we can tap into the visualization, if we, and at the same time, have a good mindset about it, we can allow the process to happen through us without attaching to the feeling of it, because the feeling of it isn't a symptom of something being wrong. It's a symptom of something working, even Absolutely. though it might feel painful. It means that we're working. It means that we're, our bodies are functioning properly. And if something is more intense, then that means we need to do better, t- take better care of ourselves and find out what that what that looks like very very uh enlightening to think about periods like that one other thing I want to mention is um the the experience that we have when we come together as women when we have our periods when we're communicating about it at least for my generation is either very we don't talk about it or oh yeah I'm on my period again ugh it's never, oh, you're menstruating. Let me take care of you, like how it used to be. I've read so many stories about how women, when in living in tribes and villages, when one woman would be on her cycle, they would take care of her. They would give her baths, they would feed her, they would let her rest, and they would take care of her children for her or do whatever she needed to do, but they would let her rest and let her kind of go into more of a meditative space and allow the process to go through her so that she can shed more than just the physical of what needs to be shed, but shed everything in that she's received that does not serve us. Then we can release that. But I don't see that happening. I don't know any women who come together around one woman's cycle and and heal her, or even if they have it at the same time, you know, spending some time together and just having that space of like, we're all experiencing the same shedding. Let's take care of each other or let's have someone take care of us. And I think having it done from other women is so, to me, it's ancestral. It's very, feels very, um, it helps me connect more to source and to that, that space of like, we're not alone. (laughs) I'm not the only woman that experiences this. We all have to experience it. Shannon, I have a, a very good friend who def, has a group of women friends, and um, they've been basically doing that for each other through the birth of, through since they've known each other and the birth of all of their children. 
Um, now their children are getting married, and oh, you know they, this is a, a very tight knit group of women who it's just beautiful. And um, and the, this this woman is about ten years younger than me. My friend, she was meant to come into my life. Um, to open my eyes to see how, and yes, like you, I've read so many books and thought, oh, you know, why aren't we like that? Yeah. And she was meant to come into my life so that I could see how it really happens in modern day. Yeah. It can happen. It just takes one person to begin to change the narrative, one leader who begins to change the narrative, and then another person, and then another person, so that we realize that having our period really is okay. And that, that we don't have to go through the pain alone. Um, somebody then can, you know, help you out in, different, in many different ways. And then before you know it, maybe you're all talking about, well, you know, is there anything we could do so that our cramps aren't so bad? Um, maybe there's food triggers. Maybe there's some lifestyle thing we can do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of, the, those cramps don't always have to be so bad. And they're usually a sign. Your body's kind of giving you a signal. And that's where I wish more gynecologists uh, approached gynecology from a functional medicine perspective and that functional medicine perspective. And it's very hard to find functional medicine gynecologists, certainly not in a rural area like where I live, but where that gynecologist is going to really uh, go in and, and find the root cause of what's going on um, without the objective of just medicating that root cause, of healing that root cause, because that's really what needs to be done. And a lot of times, um, it, there, there's one trigger that's causing it, that's causing that hormonal imbalance. If I were to look back on my own and go back and, and think, you know, so what would, what, what really was it for me? My triggers my, were food, certainly, and lifestyle which were associated with my food. And they were, the big one for me was dairy. And the next one was alcohol. Uh, and I'm by no means somebody who doesn't have ever have a cocktail, but that was a big trigger for me. When I learned what my triggers were and I learned to manage them properly, um, made a big difference. Yeah, and then that would carry through into menopause as well, especially if we start as young as I am, like. I don't have to fear menopause. I can I can keep your words in my mind that the other side is beautiful. And the other side is wonderful. It's balanced. Yes, it's wonderful. That's what, what we've all that. been hoping for our whole lives <laughs> to know from you, Patty Garland, that that is the truth. Oh, that's amazing. Love it. I definitely want to know more about the work that you do, but right now it's time for the laugh bath. So for the listeners that are new to this segment, this is the time where my guest and I, Patty and I will take some time to play a little game so you can get to know our personalities beyond just our work, beyond our passions, and just see how us have a little fun. So today's game, it doesn't have a title. I just made it up because I've played this before and I think it's so fun. Basically, first word that comes to mind when I say, and we're going to take turns. So I will go through the list of eight words, I believe. And um, you tell me the first word that comes to your mind whenever I say a certain word or whenever I say that word. And hopefully you're not looking at the list right now. So you can- I'm not. Okay. <laughs> then you can be a little surprised. And then we'll take turns. And yes. So Patty, what's the first word that comes to your mind when I say delicious? Food. Yeah. <laughs> food. I love food. Yeah, who doesn't? That's, that's right? one of the greatest gifts we have on this planet. <laughs> yes. What's your favorite food? Oh, that is really difficult. I love food. It's hard. I can't imagine. I, there's really no one favorite food that I have. You sound like me. I have a, such a hard time picking favorites. Really? Yeah. yeah. I can tell you the one food I don't like What's that, that I do know. I don't like lima beans. I think Those that are... is the only food I don't like. Those are not delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not a huge fan of them. They got a weird texture, weird texture. Yeah. I don't like peas either. <laughs> What's the first word that comes to your mind when I say nutritious? Delightful. Oh, delightful. Yeah. Nutrition is delightful when I say fun 
laughing. <laughs> Who doesn't love <laughs> laughing? That's the best medicine. Yes. Okay. Here's a here's a message that just came to me for all those men who have women who are struggling on their periods and they don't know what to do and they're frustrated. Just make them laugh. Just make them laugh. Just do something. Just get out of that. I'm frustrated and go make them laugh because if we're laughing, you're laughing. We're healing. <laughs> That's true. When I say sad, cry, absurd, outrageous. What's the most outrageous thing you've ever done in your life? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> what is the most outrageous thing you've ever done that you can tell me? <laughs> I would say the, uh, you know, it depends on, on how you see um, outrageous. But um, I think the most outrageous thing I did was when I turned 60 and I um, walked away from a career that I had had for a long time. That is a bit outrageous. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just mm -hmm. that's a very hard thing to do. So, congrats on that. First word when I say plants, plants, dirty fingernails. <laughs> yeah, I got long <laughs> fingernails. Mine always get dirty. It's, uh. <laughs> um, when I say animals, oh, my dog Cooper. Cooper. Cooper, yes. Wait, Goober or Cooper? Cooper. Cooper. I heard Cooper. Yeah. No, not Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Cooper. I'm so sorry. I'll probably still call him Goober. Just <laughs> Cooper the Goober. Yeah, he's a bit like that. Right. <laughs> what, what kind of dog? I have a golden, Aww. a golden retriever. Yeah. Just the, the sweetest dog ever. Aww. Yeah. Animals. And last one, people. First where that comes from. Let me just say that one more time. People. Friends. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that answer. Well, thank you. That was very fun. And you I want to close my chat box because I can forget. And if you open up your chat box, you can see it. And you can ask me. So those are those were the ones that you yeah, okay. I need to see that though. Okay, so what is the first thing that you think of um, when I say dinner? Soup. Soup. I made the best soup. I am not like any type of chef, but I was super craving soup and because it got cold in Las Vegas, like 50s, 60s. So I was like, oh, I want some soup. And I made a big batch and I have been eating it every night for the past like four nights because I only have one bowl left. So soup. Okay. Um, I love soup. And better yet, it's one pot. You know, you make it in one pot. It's like fantastic. Yeah. And then you, you um, can have dinner for like either a big group of people or yourself for like a week. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Um, so what about dance? Dance? Tango. Oh my goodness. It's so funny. When I thought <laughs> I'm going to ask her dance, tango came into my mind. What? I must have like, actually, I don't do that. I was going to say, I must have like pulled that, but I have been listening to tango music for fun. I, I don't even know where it came from. I think I might've like downloaded a tango song for some reason on my phone. And then it came up in my shuffle and I was driving to Utah and I was just like, this is amazing. And so now I've just been listening to tango music for fun. And oh, that's right. I saw I saw your post on, on social media. Yeah. So that must have been in the back. Maybe. Yeah, that must be it. In my mind. Yeah. Tango, I think that tango oh, I love is an amazing tango. dance. Yeah. It is. It's been so long. My parents both ballroom dance and oh. they always my dad always makes me take classes when I go back for holidays or whatever. And it's been so long. He was just in Vegas for a dance competition. I didn't get to dance. I should think I got to dance once, but uh, Argentine tango is actually my favorite. If any of these listeners don't know what that is, look it up. It is the coolest. The footwork is so yeah. much fun. It's really yeah. difficult, but it's so much fun. Yeah, but dancing is like so, it, it's so good for your soul and your body, of course. Yeah. But yeah. Um, um, 
Okay, so what about mountains? Climbing. I love hiking mountains. Ah. I love it. I love it. Mount Charleston here is super nice. It's a little, it's a, it's a little Vegas mountain, but my favorite hike I've ever done was actually Marathon Mountain in Seward, Alaska. My dad Ooh. and I did that when I was like maybe 12. I don't even know if I was 12. And I climbed it in Etnies. And if you're not familiar with those, those are flat bottom skater shoes. So oh my they have goodness. no grip. They barely like stay in your feet. And we climbed this mountain the day after it rained or like the, I think it was still raining. So we were like slipping and sliding and whatever, having just the most difficult time climbing. It was so much fun. Oh God, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. All right. So let's see what would the next one be? Um, doctor. Mm. Mm -mm. No, no. <laughs> I don't like doctors. <laughs> I never liked doctors. <laughs> we'll go with no, but natural. Okay. My first instinct wasn't even a word. It was just, uh, but if I think about truly. the word doctor, natural. All right. Um, and so what about education? Improvement. Yeah. Our education, education system needs major improvement. I used to work for an alternative learning center where we got kids that were having trouble in schools. And I don't, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but Clark County in Las Vegas is one of the worst school districts in the United States. And I, I mean, I think they're getting better, but like the students we were getting is just, you can tell that the teachers just weren't able to like reach them and they just weren't able to, they didn't probably have the resources to be able to give the students the education that they actually needed. And I hated school, so improvement. I think they probably needed to start by working on the parents. Yes. Um, you know, the teachers are expected to do a little too much, but yeah, anyway. Especially with virtual. Uh, correct. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, and what about the ocean? There you are and so far away from the ocean. Yes. Okay, I didn't have any words come up, so let me, I just had pictures. Let me, first word that comes up when I think of ocean, salty. Mm. Salty. I miss the ocean. Yeah. I used to live in San Diego, so. Oh my, yeah. yeah. I, I love the ocean. My uh, my dream is to live by the ocean someday. For, yeah. for a while, I lived in a little cottage right on a lake. I was, I was single. It was just beautiful. It was, I just... I'm very drawn to water. So yes. water, water, um, me, <laughs> I am <laughs> so much water. I don't know if you study astrology or if any of my listeners do, but I am like a big bucket of water. So, <laughs> me. Um, yeah, I love water. It's living in Las Vegas is most definitely the most challenging thing I've ever done because it doesn't even rain. It's just dry. All yeah. Time. But that, that mountain I told you about, Mount Charleston, it has this pathetic little waterfall that's just more like a little drips of water, but it <laughs> satisfies me enough. <laughs> it's pretty pathetic, but it's it's like all we have in Las Vegas for like natural water. So uh, I think that was eight. I'm not sure, but those were I good ones. So. You, yeah. you chose some good words. <laughs> so. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is concluding the laugh bath. So for the second half, Patty, we talked a lot about your story and how you got to be kind of in the amazing position you're in now. So you have a uh, a company called Women's or your your Healthy Methods Wellness. Is that right? Healthy yes. Methods Wellness. I don't know why my tongue did not want to say methods. <laughs> healthy methods wellness. So you're a women's weight loss coach. So can you talk to us a little bit about um, what it's like for you as a coach, what it's been like? Oh, it's the, it is the most wonderful experience um, ever. I've, I've been actually coaching women for 30 years um, on weight loss and fitness mm -hmm. and, um, and changing how they think about themselves. And so to, you know, 
to work with somebody when they when they come to you and they're in a place where they're not feeling very positive about themselves or really down on themselves. Um, other things are going out on outside, you know, maybe they might have a relationship that isn't good where their significant other is reminding them that they're uh, that they've gained weight and things like that, you know, so to have someone come to you with so much going on and to be able to funnel it down and uh, bring them to go into themselves and to start to want to take care of themselves and to see them start smiling and feeling positive about themselves is like the best thing in the entire world. Yeah. Um, it's just, a, a, you know, just a wonderful um, opportunity that I have to um, help a person uh, find their power, you know, and I don't mean power like, you know, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger power. I mean, you know, just find their internal power and their love for themselves, you know, to begin to really um, love themselves. That's huge. I love how you said that and how you clarified power. I think one of the things that we have maybe misunderstood as women is the sense of our what our power is. I think um, in no shame or judgment on any of this, just observation. I think with the feminist moving movement coming out, a lot of our sense of what our power is, we've been basing it off of what we've seen and what we see as power is typically like aggressive influence and um, big strength. And I, I personally have, experience the need for that and also the oh wait a minute that's not really that doesn't really feel like me because yeah I mean I can be strong I can be physically aggressive I can tap into that at any point that's but that doesn't make me feel powerful that makes me feel aggressive and so for me to kind of go through what power was for me I had to disempower myself meaning I had to really pull myself away from this masculine sense of what it means to be powerful and really find what it is to be powerful as a woman and loving ourselves is the ultimate power if we love ourselves as women then we can create universes we can create nations we can create empires we can create worlds from just our body and that is more power than any anything i've ever seen in the world so i think that clarifying that it's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger power because he's very powerful. Yes, masculine power is powerful, but feminine power, that masculine power would not exist without us. And taking that responsibility can feel like it's not our fault, but it, it's not our fault, but we are the ones that are birthing the world and not just in our physical bodies, but in our words and how we treat ourselves and how we treat our sisters and how we treat our brothers and that's our power. Our power in, of influence is soft. It's yes. loving. It's yes. kind. It's gentle. Not to say it's quiet. Not to say it's perfect. Not to say it's, oh, proper, you know, we're whatever we are. But when we come at ourselves and we view ourselves and we experience ourselves with ourselves in that gentle, soft, compassionate way, our power radiates so much more. And we don't have to live based off of how everyone wants us to act or look or behave. We actually just know within ourselves that, well, I'm, I'm doing this for me. I'm loving myself so much that this is how I'm showing up. So last point on that is loving ourselves does not mean loving our ego, not loving this like, oh, I'm so amazing. I'm the best. I make no mistakes. I'm so powerful. And I, even when I'm suffering through a period, I can be angry because I love myself. It's, it's really more of like the, I love myself enough to take care of myself so that I can feel good because Absolutely. we really want to feel good. We don't need to feel aggressive or powerful. We just want to feel good. I'm pretty sure every person in this world would agree with me that if it comes down to feeling aggressive or feeling whole, I'm pretty sure we'd want to feel whole and feeling whole feels amazing. It feels soft. It feels comfortable. It feels harmonious and flowy, just like women are. So I, I love how you said that about power. I think that's really important to touch on. Um, what are some of the things you see coming up frequently in your clients as far as like the common issues that they have or the common solutions? 
Well, the the common issues for, of course, for my clients are they all want to lose weight. I mean, that's that's the common issue, and they all think that it's menopause that is causing them to uh, not be able to lose weight. And so, for what we what I really need to do, what I really need to do is find out um, with those with my clients. Um, what's going on for them with food and with their lifestyle. So the common issue um, as far as what they come to me for is weight loss. Um, but what is real, what's also going on is most women come to me and they say, I just don't feel like myself anymore. Mm. Um, I, I just don't feel like myself. I, where did I go? Who is this person? And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are, um, it's a next chapter. You know, their kids are growing up if they have children there. And if not, their family is dispersing all over the country, all over the world. And so they're needed in a very different kind of way. Um, and that is, that's real big for most of the women. That's for the women who I work with who, have had families. Um, mostly all of the women, I have to think, I don't think I've worked with anyone one-on-one -on -one, um, like myself who's, who chose not to have children. Almost everyone um, is a, a, a woman who has one or more children um, along with a career. Um, so correct, right? How many full-time jobs do they have? Uh, doing that and so what that's another thing they have they've they're so used to having so many full-time jobs all right and also um and and then that kind of changes and then roles reverse so much you know now they have to look at taking care of their parents um so anyway wow it's a, yeah where did i go is a big question that i get you know i do not feel like myself anymore the amazing thing is though, they get themselves back real quick. Yeah. We just make a few changes. Um, and for the most part, you know, I only work with clients three to four for three to four months. They, they, they get themselves back real quick. They heal real quickly. And um, yeah, it is amazing. Yeah, and every client when they, um, when they choose that it, the time has come for us to not work together anymore. Um, and they tell me, I and all my work is done over the phone, I stand there with full body goosebumps because they're just they're just telling me about how great their life is yeah. now, you know? Yeah, so it's really beautiful. That sounds like such a rewarding thing to be able to Eventually. guide yeah. women through, is to, especially because I can see my generation going through that identity crisis because we're going through it right now um, with social media. It's where every day kind of like, who am I? Everything's changing. So getting to that point of, you know, those of us who choose to have children or not, you know, you're going to reach a point where something we've had pretty much our whole lives disappears and we don't have to experience that anymore. And I think that that is actually going to feel or could feel like a major loss because it's been part of our identity to menstruate for so long that that alone, whether or not you have a career or children, doesn't matter. You're losing this major part of you you've had for decades. And loss is something that no matter how big or how obvious it is, we still have to go through it. We still have, ex have to experience it to lose such a big part of us and have to refine that that's amazing work and for it to only take three to four months and for them to be the ones that are setting that date that is that must feel so good to just come to that day where for both of you where you're like she's like I I don't I don't think I need you anymore like I feel good in myself and you're right. like yeah I agree I don't think you need me anymore either that's so powerful and it really shows that like you're not the healer they're healing themselves you're just the person who's like, Hey, here's, here's what I did. Here's a book. Here's some, not, I'm not saying an actual physical book, but I'm saying more like you can kind of give them a blueprint of this are kind of how you can work through it. And you do it for yourself, but you don't have to do it alone and you don't have to do it with someone who doesn't know what they're doing. So that's, that's really powerful to come into I, that strength of healing ourselves. 
I kind of think of myself, yes, I'm a coach, I'm a guide, you know, I am a guide to guide someone um, to help the person funnel in um, with the knowledge that I have for what, you know, where their imbalances are and how they can, how they can balance things off with food and lifestyle and mindset. Um, and then just then from there, they take it and they, and they move along. Um, and they're, you know, it's, it's not like there's any big cathartic thing that happens for them. It's so subtle. So um, we'll go through several coaching sessions and I'll go back and say, okay, so when we first did our intake, you had this symptom, this symptom, this symptom, and this symptom. You're experiencing brain fog, hot flashes, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. All right, so, so far, you're down this much weight. Your, your weight measurement is this. So, you know, this, much, this many pounds or this many inches. Tell me about your brain fog. Well, brain fog, gee, I don't even notice that I have it anymore. Oh. That's awesome. Okay. So then what about hot flashes? You're telling me that, you know, there would be times in a conference room in a meeting that you would just be so and be so embarrassed that your, you know, your blouse was all wet and everything. What's going on? Is that changed? They totally forget that though they had the, you know, because it's such a slow yeah. change and it's so gradual. Um, so my big thing for them is what I want you to, to tell me is how you really feel about moving forward so that you know you won't go backwards. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I can always come back to me, but I don't want them to and nobody does. Yeah. They don't have to. So. That's a really great question to ask. How do you feel about, I like, I just want to remember that to journal sometimes. How do you feel about moving forward so you don't go backwards? Because a lot of times, you know, we'll set goals or we'll make a lot of progress and something catastrophic will happen in our lives and we'll just resort back to our old ways because we're so used to nurturing ourselves with those old habits, but to actually consciously make the decision to when those when those situations happen to choose the right actions for ourselves. It's, it's almost like you're teaching these women how to parent themselves because Yes. Like we go through this time of, I mean, I think this is more prevalent in my generation, but I, I, rem I don't remember anyone ever talking about learning to parent yourselves. And to when, a, when you get to menopause and you make that, those changes happen in your life, your family's leaving or your family's living in different areas, you're kind of forced to parent yourself. Because I think some women, you know, they go straight from their kids to their parents, but not all of them. So they're like, that space of we're mothers, you know, we, we know how to mother, but we're kind of forgetting about the main person here, the star of the show who also still needs a mother, no matter how old we are, we're always going to need that mother. So you're kind of like, these women are kind of your children. They're like your adult oh, children. Goodness. I think that's For so sure. beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful to yeah. be able to learn how to teach, how to nurture ourselves and be mothers to ourselves. Cause I've noticed lately that's become more popular of a phrase to say is like, learn how to mother yourself. Cause I think we're realizing now that that's super important. We do need to be our own parents and we do need to show up and actually learn how to take care of ourselves and not rely on media or doctors to tell us what it is to be healthy, but to actually discover that for ourselves and to have a guide like you, I can see how that would be much easier. Um, what is your, what would be your, if whatever you want to share, what would be your number one tip for anyone who is trying to find true empowerment, and I mean that very holistically, true empowerment in themselves, what's your number one tip? Slow down. Mm. That's my number one tip. Wow. Ooh, that hit so deep, like slow down. I just breathed and felt that need to slow down especially in today's society where everything is so fast. Everything is always seems like it needs to happen right now. But yes. if we slow down, we actually give ourselves more time. Beautiful. Thank you, Patty. So Patty, if our listeners would like to learn more about what you do or work with you, where can they find you? They can find me at Healthy Methods Wellness. Um, 
And if they go to Healthy Methods Wellness, a woman of any age would benefit by taking my free hormone assessment quiz, which can tell you if you have any hormones that are out of balance and some different things that you can do. There's even some little, you know, things that you could do as far as lifestyle and food if you fall into a category of food, uh, of being out of balance with your hormones. Wow, that's super exciting. I did see that and I didn't know that it would be helpful for me. So I'm going to go take it right after this. Okay. Excited. That link will be in the summary for everyone to check out and your Facebook group and all of that. So, yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much. That's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Motivation. Again, I am your host, Shannon. Please remember that this segment of the Motivation Podcast will be renamed as its own podcast, My Sister Wisdom. Until then, every Wednesday, tune in as I meet with women from all over the world, from all walks of life, as we discuss our passions, our works, our faith, and how we have gotten through some of life's biggest challenges to where we are today. Get ready to laugh, cry, smile, and learn a whole lot. No matter what life throws at us, we got this. If she can, you can. Until next time. Stay rooted, sweet seeds.